I don't want a lot for Christmas. They just want to get out of you. I hope I hope you guys keep that in. Scuba. I'm Scatman. Scatman. Remember the Scatman? Scatman. Yeah, sounds more like Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. Um, you want to count us down, Justin? Yep. And three, two, one. Action. New director. New day. New number at the front of the weekday. We're in episode eighty something. Okay. Yeah, we. I uh, my mistaken. Welcome to the weekday. Uh, I'm Andy. Mike. No, Noike. <laughs> Mike. Good time. And over there on the wheels of steel, Austin. <laughs> hey everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome, Austin Slade, to the program. Uh, how long have you been switching? Like three minutes. No, it's been like seven <laughs> seconds, <laughs> according to my stopwatch. You here. haven't you haven't screwed up yet. Yeah, you're uh, you're not yet. You're one for one. We'll uh, see. <laughs> or seven for seven. Uh, there's still plenty of time in this show, by the oh, way. Oh, I know. Believe um, me. So, Justin, uh, get well soon, buddy. Um, thoughts and prayers. Uh, he's sick. Uh, he's very sick right now, uh, to the point of he hasn't been in the office for three days. Was he here last Thursday? Yeah, he was here last Thursday. I don't know. He was. You know, um, I was here. Were you here? <clears throat> My dog was sick. Right. Um, Do you want to talk about it? I don't. Okay. Uh, I mean, we can. She threw up everywhere a bunch of times. and We don't need to talk about okay, it. Okay, cool. Um, as we typically do yes. uh, at the beginning of the weekday, first off, we want to say thanks for joining us here on this journey. Uh, smash you know thumbs up button. Right. I was going to say, we haven't done that in a while. Smash you thumbs should... up button. Share, like, subscribe. Well, like Donate this... to my Patreon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank all my patrons. The mysterious benefactor tier, um, <laughs> which they get nothing. That's the that's the mystery of it. If don't, like when you sh- don't, don't well no 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 don't, listen, don't listen. Tell no listen don't listen tell no this is a this is a tried and true business model. You give them what they think that they don't want. It's like and Nike. Then you hit them with nothing. So I don't know if you remember the explosive explosive news story that came out. You remember the Nike Airs that had the air pocket in the back? Right. It turns out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. it had air in it, so they right. weren't lying. Yeah, just like, just a little pocket. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was supposed to help you jump and cushion your knees and all that other stuff. Anyway, uh, before we move on to the actual show, I had a series of small talk questions that I wanted to get to, but in reality, I am just going to ask you this one question because it's forefront of my mind. If you had to plan a vacation anywhere in the world, where would it be? Don't answer all at once. Apopka, Florida. You are a liar. We we mama. Why a mama? Why a mama? Why a mama, Florida? Yeah. Okay. I don't, where do you want to go? Uh, I'd probably go mountain climbing somewhere. I'd probably want to go to like Mount Fiji. If I wasn't scared really? of planes and all that other stuff. like Mount Fiji? Yeah, Fuji. Fu- the Fujis? I would want to go in the, the, <laughs> the submarine where the Fujis were. Remember that? In the Ready or Not video? They were in Ready a submarine. Ready or Not. Yeah. Here I come. Um. You can't. Where would you go? I'm gonna. Ah, I'm gonna man. go to Jamaica. I well, one thing I re- I love skiing, and yeah, that's uh, what I'm talking about. I want to go. So to I would, I would, I wouldn't mind going skiing. But then I also like, what's there? Like, what am I? What are we doing? What is, is all expenses are paid now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this like, is this is this is like your dream vacation. Does space count? <laughs> 
space tourism is a thing. I don't know. Is it a vacation anytime to go I hang watch out on the ISS? Anything, anytime I've watched anything <laughs> about consumers going to space, it does not end well. Yeah? Like Alien? The movie Alien? <laughs> Do you want to talk about unidentified flying objects being shot down? Yeah, you know, it's a, this, this is in right now. UFOs are in. I mean, first spy balloons. Hot, hot topic. First spy balloons. And now... You know what's funny? Oh, I know a lot that's funny about this. Yeah. That I don't know that we should talk about on the I, I think it's hysterical that people are getting so upset that we didn't shoot the balloon down before it like got over water. But like it was gigantic. Four school buses. Yeah. There was so much stuff I no, I mean I'm not gonna argue whether or not like it was good that we had that like floating over the US. Uh but but two things. Yeah, it was carrying like an insane amount of weight. It was two hundred feet tall. <laughs> we would have to have shot a missile over US territory. Which That's, has happened before. Yeah, but not like that. I don't know. Have you seen the movie Independence Day? <laughs> uh, that's true. That's a great point. Uh, I know it is. That happened. Yeah. Um, but then also... Randy Quaid, like, rest in power. The, Chi the Chinese have satellites. Like, they have a whole space ecosystem. Like, if, if there's something going on, like... I just... They probably know it. Yeah. And, this, and vice Same versa. Same with the U.S. And the U.S. is versa. well aware of what's happening. Yeah, so I think... Nothing is a surprise. I'm not saying I trust what's going on, but I'm okay Sure. With it. Yeah. I'm not losing any sleep over the, the spy balloon. Now, I am losing sleep over the fact that there were unidentified green lasers <laughs> <laughs> hitting ships uh, that, pew, pew, that pew. just so happened to be from Chinese warships well, that were hitting... What the Philippines or Guinea or something? Wasn't the uh, the Empire in Star Wars? Didn't they have green lasers? They had green you lasers. You are not supposed to talk about this. Uh, yeah, it's good. That's real good. Um, before we sign off, Austin, would you yay or nay? Death Star, Dream Vacation. Yay, space. Yeah, space. Duh. But it's the Death Star. Do they? Doesn't have, matter. Do it's they space. Have artificial, artificial gravity. Like, is it just artificial gravity like everywhere on in Star Wars? It's never talked about. It is, um, and no. it, actually, it is. It is addressed because in my goodness, what movie? The grav, the grav lift or something? Not grav lift. The gravity compensator went out. I'm being serious. The gravity gravity compensator. Okay. Oh, maybe it was a Thrawn book. I think it was a Thrawn book where the gravity compensator. Nerd alert! And, Should we? We need to have like a nerd alert. Just, nerd alert! <laughs> yeah, nerd just like alert. this section. Um, no one knows who. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a guy with. <laughs> Red eyes and blue skin. He is the, one of the coolest bad he guys. He looks ever. like a like a recently molted crab, <laughs> like a crab that just got rid of its shell. You know. I mean, he, in that he's blue, yes. Right. It was just like. But he also he's humanoid. Anyway, Thrawn's awesome. Uh, Thrawn's all. He doesn't have pincers. Well, okay, I know. Yes, I said he looks like. I didn't say he is. He exactly resembles. No, it is. Anyway, Their words mean something, Andy. In one of the Thrawn books. Oh, my gosh. Thrawn, <laughs> you asked, so I'm going to talk about the gravity compensation. Uh, they lose all whatever, really and then... Oh, we lost the camera. No, I Austin did. just hit the wrong thing for oh. preview. That's all. Uh, and he's trying to laugh it off. Okay, moral of the story. Go read the Thrawn books. Uh, okay. We're going to be back in a minute. We're going to talk about revival. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff that's going on on the campus of Asbury University. Asbury. Asbury University in Lexington somewhere, Kentucky. Wilmore, Kentucky. Will How dare you? Larry Wilmore, Kentucky. And right down the street. There's an Asbury right down the street. And also in Orlando. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Hey, we'll be right back. Bye. And we're back. Um, Real quick.
Yeah. What are ascots for? They are for decoration and fanciness. So, like, what's a mascot for? Uh, charging into little kids. So, like... <laughs> 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 it's one letter off, but, like, very different. You know, you have, like, decorative and then, like, running into kids. Right, but they're also decorative. The kids were decorative. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kids... Hey, man, I was that kid. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where that mascot... Oh, yeah. And did you see... Was it Marshawn Lynch? I think that trucked a mascot. I'll have to find it later, but he, he hit him so hard. His hat flew or yeah. his uh, head flew off okay. <laughs> and the kids at the minor league baseball game were horrified. It was hysterical. They brought him on one of the sports podcasts that's I listened funny. to and it was a great story. Anyway, that's, uh, that's not, we were talking about a revival of a different kind today. <laughs> so we uh, initially backstory real quick. Uh, we were initially going to talk about the Super Bowl uh, and some things that happened during the Super Bowl. More like the stupid bowl. Got him. Uh, you weren't quick enough there, Austin. You screwed it up. Here, ready? Three, two, one. Oh. Okay, well. <laughs> our high, what were we our doing? high fives need a revival. What were we doing? Uh, I was talking about the Super Bowl. Um, More like the stupid bowl. Dang. Yeah, there you we got go. it this time. <laughs> cool. Visual gags really work on an audio medium. The, uh, the Super Bowl had a couple things that happened. Uh, not the Mario Kart level or Mario or Smash Brothers level of Rihanna's <laughs> halftime show, but... The he gets us thing. We were going to talk about the Jesus ads. Uh, I think we might shelve that one because Mike actually brought up something um, a little bit more controversial, maybe. Uh, if you could get more controversial than that. And that is, uh, as of right now, February, whatever, 15th, there is technically a chapel service that's been going on for a week yeah. at Asbury University in Kentucky. Right. Um, some people are affectionately dubbing it the Revival or the Revival Chapel or whatever we're going to call it. Um there has been a lot going on there, and we wanted to have a conversation about a couple things in this, and then we wanted to peel back the curtain a little bit on what it feels like to work in a church, knowing that there, quote-unquote, might be revival happening or not revival happening. So um, what better place to do that than on this podcast? Where, what better time than now? What better place than here? Dude, <laughs> that was a great album. Yeah. Oh. So... Uh, Talk to me about what you've actually heard from what's happening on the campus of Asbury University in Kentucky. Sure. Mike, here, my camera, Mike Mage reporting here, Bay Hope News, <laughs> Bay Mike, Hope Live. I heard you're live on the scene <laughs> Sorry. From, yeah. from Billmore, Kentucky. What can you tell us? Uh, it's Wilmore, sir. Um, <laughs> the Billmore Hotel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, there is a revival happening, I guess. So, what is interesting about this Well, hold is, on, hold on. Describe the genesis of it. Well, okay, about 13.8 billion <laughs> years ago, God said, God. let there be light. Oh. Yeah. Um, or as far as we know, 13.8. Oh. Or it could have been, you know, 6,000 years 7, ago. 7,000 years. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so Asbury University, which is a Wesleyan university, mm -hmm. um, they have chapel services Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And their chapel service last Wednesday just didn't really stop. And then it just kept going through the weekend. It's been on and off and now has become a national news story mm -hmm. where people are experiencing the presence of God in a very unique way. Mm. And, um, you know, I, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about it was not necessarily like, let's get our thoughts on this and what does it mean? 
Because um, there's a million of those out there already. There is, yeah. And and I I, may, I guess maybe it's it's a little bit of that or whatever. But as I started seeing this unfold more and more and more, I started to see a lot of sort of the uh, Christian thought leaders, you know, sort of uh, pastors and influencers, whatever, that, you know, I follow on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Oh, my spine just shivered when you said yeah, influencers. Yeah, I, I know. Um, and... Sorry. I like feel real bad right okay, now. Okay. All yeah, right. I about spilled my tea. Do you do you want me to back up? Do you want me to try it again? No, we're four minutes. Okay, in. all right. That's all right. And uh so yeah, they they all like made pilgrimage essentially to mm-hmm. Wilmore. And it started to feel really weird. Yep. And I don't know what that means. So I don't want to debate necessarily whether or not like the skepticism of whether or not this is real well that was the first thing that hit i think both of us was immediately and that's it's sad but equal parts i think our critical nature that we need to have as christians is that's great is this real is this just sort of like an emotionalism emotionalism thing is it yeah is this three or four years of pent-up aggression and being locked in a house and um online classes and you know the things that college student you know school shootings and things is just three or four years of that just being unleashed right in a church service and even if it is like you could even argue is that good or bad like i don't know right um you know i think one of the things just to comment quickly on that one of the things that's really working in its favor is it's not like flashy at all like you watch you watch videos from it and like lights are on there's no smoke machine there's no you know uh, famous band. There's none of that. Like it is very, it feels very authentic and homegrown. Mm-hmm. So like, that's cool. But I just, I slowly see, started seeing more and more pastors come into it. And then I started thinking about, and oh, and then I saw someone say, I think it was on Twitter that they are, try, the faculty there is now trying to keep people like a guy named, whose name is Greg Locke who is like a, a very famous Christian nationalist um, who has a church in Kentucky, but he's trying to come to the revival. I didn't realize his church was in Kentucky. Oh yeah. Uh. And he's, or it might be Tennessee, but it's like in relatively close. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to come and essentially the faculty are trying to keep certain people out so that other people don't co-opt whatever is happening in that space and in that room. And that was just something I had never thought about before was the movement of God can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. But then like the story that people can tell afterwards can also be communicated in a very different way Hmm. uh, to where it just like, you know, you make it fit whatever you want it to be. Hmm. And um, so that that's kind of what we were talking about this morning with that revival, like I kind of want to dive into that. Like, what does that mean? Is that a good thing? Is that part of like what a revival should do? Um, Also, if a revival is real and the presence of God is so heavy and so strong, shouldn't you let people into that? Right. And to be uh, properly, I don't know, to, to experience the presence of God in a way that is overwhelming, that can't do anything but change somebody. Is that possible? Right. The, the there's a lot of fascinating things here there's a lot of facets to everything that's going on too um the last 
I guess we should describe what we mean by revival too. There have been historically a number of great revivals that have happened throughout Christendom. Austin is literally, he goes to Asbury right now, Asbury Theological Seminary, thumbs up for Asbury. Um, and he is, so he's getting his divinity schooling through there. Uh, and Austin would be better able, better, I mean, you're literally in church history right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in church history too. Yeah. We're just at the end of the Reformation, so yeah. that's fun. So technically, that was that was one of the Great Re- Awakenings. <laughs> uh, there mm-hmm. was two that followed after that. Uh, there was one in, what, the late 1800s? No. Yeah, like the late 1800s, and then in the 60s. Which is what? Well, no, there was the the first Great Awakening was in like the 1600s. Mm-hmm. That's the one he's talking about. The Reformation, just after the Reformation, yeah. Well, the Reformation was in like the 1400s, right? right? And then just after the Reformation, so that's that that took up like a 150 year period. Oh, I didn't know those were all connected. Yeah, because the Great Awakenings I thought were like a part of essentially Methodism, like Western American, yeah, sort of. Well, religion. so the the one started in England with the kind of whole Wesleyan thing, right? That spread over here and so the great awakenings that happened here were like let's like say 1890. early 17s yeah and then the second great awakening yeah and then which essentially and then the third great awakening which essentially spawned no wait i've got mine backwards here well then the jesus movement of like the 60s and that's 70s. what I was, and that's kind of where pentecostalism kind of really became a, a big deal um so there's a lot there and there's a lot going on with church history there the interest you package all that together and now we have this thing that Cynically, you could look at the amount of pictures and the amount of media that's coming from these gathered halls. They've had to open up a separate worship hall mm-hmm. because of the thousands of people, which I think is very cool. Yeah, it's like very interesting. But there's also like a a weird selfie thing that's happening mm-hmm. that makes me feel kind of awkward. <coughs> uh, like, and, and there's nothing against anybody that's going there, but like they're going there and taking selfies while this big worship event is happening. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I have, con- I, t- I kind of take issue with that with at conferences and things anyway, when people are like, there's this great bombastic worship moment and then somebody's got their phone up and it's taking a, a, a video. video of a billboard that says Jesus on it. Like, what, maybe maybe just experience the power of the spirit? Maybe. And maybe. I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't, I don't either. Like I've had, I know when I go to sporting events, I have my phone up and I'm recording my kids. But that's usually because I want to watch it with them later. Like, so maybe this is a thing that people want to go back and watch later. Like, I, I don't really know. I think I think there's a, a interesting part of our psyche that is a little broken, right. honestly. That we have these things right here. This 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 camera is better than anything that was released up to that point, even almost in DSLRs. Right. There's a 48 megapixel camera. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, we have these these devices that can literally take video and audio better than we've ever been able to in human history and and the broken part of us is saying like no you need to save this like you're always going to need to watch this again meanwhile like how many times do you actually go back and watch it sure things? very rarely yeah so there's that, that there's that piece of it but then the, the flip side of that is that there's this piece that well on the other side of on that same token too there's also people coming out and saying like this is a sign of the end times this is this is the outpouring <laughs> of the holy spirit right before the end times and it uh, this is this is what Jesus meant when he said, "I'm coming again like a thief in the night," and this is happening. Yeah, like what? Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't realize that was what was going on. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, so there's that that I kind of want to I kind of want to back up from. But then the other big thing, the flip side to all of it is like, yeah, if this is really a because like we do need revival, like our church, our world needs 
needs Jesus. Like that, that is, that has never been more apparent than right now. Sure. When it seems like we're the only country in the world that has mass shootings every day, literally every day, Mm -hmm. three or more people get killed. More than one a day. Yeah. Three or more people are killed by guns and there is polarization of our politics. And there is this ongoing battle about uh, race and gender and identity and (laughs) equality across all of them. Mm -hmm. There's this poll, there's this polarized opinion of, when is a baby a baby you know when is a human a human all the like all of the political issues that i don't know how we're going to solve them without jesus coming in so like is this opening the door to that i I don't know yeah and i don't want to posit that it is or not because like i I don't think it's worth it to do that right now no when we were talking about it earlier it's like we we will not know that this is a great awakening or a great revival until it's in postscript Uh until it's in retrospect yeah until we are a year or five or 25 removed from however long this... And by the way, how does this end? Right. How does this worship service end? Right. Yeah, well, I think that's... I, I, it's like all of these unintended consequences of a movement of God. What are they? You know, like I have never... Th- up until this point, being in, <clears throat> you know, full-time vocational ministry for like 15 years now, I have never thought about... You know, obviously you pray for revival, you pray for, you know, man, I want people to be awakened to God, all that kind of stuff, which is true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like what happens when that actually starts to happen? And then like, do you protect it? Do you let it go? Do you plan? Ex- explain the protecting because I don't, I don't know that you've made that apparent outside of the keeping a one Christian nationalist away. What do you mean by protecting it? Um, so for example, like at this revival, they are having like people come up and share testimonies. They're having people pray over other people. They're having like music happen, but it's like relatively loose and as to like what is actually happening. And so do you keep it that way? Do you keep it sort of loose? Like anybody can come up and grab the microphone and tell a story, tell a testimony, or do you have some sort of requirements for that to continue to happen. Right. Um, I don't know. I was just watching it this morning though. And the, there was a woman who seemed to be a faculty member of Asbury in some way, shape or form. She basically just said, this is for people 25 and younger. So like they will let other people come into the space, but they are going to make room for people who are 25 and younger. Um, so I thought that that was interesting, you know, is I've never experienced what they're experiencing at the length to which they're experiencing it. So Mm -hmm. like, is that the way to do it? And I, I, you know, I think probably the people at Asbury are, are like trying to like they take one step and they got to put a plank in front of them and then they step on that one. Oh yeah. Like they're not, they're building this as they go. Yeah, exactly. They don't know what's going on either. So this is not like a judgment on them, but the unintended consequences of, do I protect it? Do I let everybody experience it at the same time? What is that? Is what's the point of revival? You know? Um, And in my head, the point of revival is to you light something back on fire so that it can catch more fire in other places. Well, and I would say that that's it's not a spectacle. No, I mean, it is a spectacle in the sense that, like, there is something unique about this. It's a spectacle like a bonfire is a spectacle. Yeah, essentially Uh like it is it is, you know, the fire analogies are great, you know, right. 
that's happening across the country right now mm -hmm. in i was you know there are a number of different places that are like we can do this mm -hmm. but then the icky part of me that and this is the very the, okay so I, re I wrestle with a lot of things uh because i'm a neurotic but the the main thing i'm wrestling with right now is cynicism that inbred western ideological cynicism that has been just puritanically beaten into me yeah. of until i see it i don't believe it mm -hmm. until i can actually wrap my hand my sensate hands around it and feel i was just talking to pastor matthew about this in our one-on-one -on -one today yeah um i'm preaching next sunday right and i was kind of walking him through what i was going to be preaching about at the end of the book of uh, the passage in ephesians and how there's sort of like a spiritual math that happens and we have this this thing to where like we're gonna we think we can do this much but until and that's only because i can like put my hands on this mug and say like okay i can build this but until we actually fill that mug with the infinite power of the holy spirit we are never going to know how he's going to do immeasurably more yeah and so we have to almost take a step off of the side and like just trust that that bridge is going to help happen so that's that's the one side but like the cynical sensate side of me is also like yeah, but how many colleges are doing this now? How many college kids are doing this now because they want to have live streams of this happening? Mm -hmm. And like, and this is not a, this is not a knock on any church or anything like that. But like, I felt this way when the Jesus culture thing started. Sure, I really did. Not nothing against Jesus culture, but then there were other pockets of churches and youth groups and things that were like, well, we're just going to do the same thing. We're going to do spontaneous worship for forty five minutes, and then right. we're just, and then we're going to set a camera up and just let everybody watch it. It was like. Well, and, you know, I think at the end of the day that there's a, you know, it's kind of like what the, what a Pharisee said about the Jesus movement and the very early church. Like either this is going Gamal to. Gamaliel said this. Who did? Gamaliel, who was yeah, the rabbi. Uh, yeah. Either this is going to die out and it'll just be a trend or like this is actually God. Right. And, and I think that that's actually a very wise thing for someone to say who was against jesus <laughs> yeah yeah who essentially like murdered helped murder jesus yeah. um you know I, I i i want to be able to take that position as well to be like i want to hold my expectations of this with open hands because like this could be something really really beautiful but then also not get my hopes up to think that like oh my gosh this is what america needs yeah you know like this is the well, thing we've been waiting for and the jingoism that is coming from this is so what do you mean by jingoism jingoism is that like theodore roosevelt that's like kind of where the the definition came from like the early 1900s the jingoistic banter of teddy roosevelt saber rattling when he's going down to fight you yeah. know cuba or whatever yeah. and he's just america 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 america's a great nation but like Jesus wasn't from here. Mm -hmm. And so like, I, and I don't know that America exists in, in the end times. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't see America in the Bible. I'll see the new Jerusalem. Right. I see the gathered construction of all believers. Right. Forming yeah. Their we own are country. not. America is not right. the country, mm -hmm. but uh, that's not whatever you take what you want from that. But all that being said, like the jingoism that is coming from this already right. from some of the social media things that I'm seeing, like that's the part that makes me queasy. And so I think, and I think, and you, you talk about the, the idea of hands, like in one hand I can hold, oh my gosh, God, let's let, let this be a move. And how cool would it be if, like I'm getting chills thinking about it, like how cool would it be if our entire nation, our college students of our entire nation, 25 and under, actually put feet to their, yeah. uh, put, the, put feet to the promise that they have, that they are the next generation of leaders right. and rose up and said, no, 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 you guys have had church backwards for 30 or 40 or mm -hmm. 50 years. 
but I think I can hold in the other hand also the thing that makes me sick of we have such a screwed up ideology right now and we have our brains have been hacked and sure. we're only doing this for popularity and likes and clicks right and one well, and, and honestly I don't think that's what's happening at Asbury um I hope not. No, because and I, the and one of the reasons I say that too is because I have seen both liberal who I cuz I try to follow like liberal very like people who I don't really agree with cuz they're too progressive or people who I don't really agree with because they're too conservative. Sure. And both have commented and said sort of the same thing like this feels like something. Um which is very cool. Yeah, which I I'm like okay that to me that lends like a lot of credibility to what's happening here. Uh and now but they both had like their very unique takeaways from it about what was happening and what they would like to see come from this, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, to me is, again, brings it back to like, what are the unintended consequences mm-hmm. of something like this that happens? Um, do you hear that happen with my voice? It happens. 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 He oh. just turned 12, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Happens. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I got a toy truck. <laughs> give me my Capri Sun and yeah. my cheese stick. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. And when I have prayed for something like this to happen, you know, I just I've never thought about that. And like, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it, this is all just part of the navel gazing that we shouldn't be doing in general of what does this mean afterwards? Like, who cares what it means? Like, maybe just right now, it's really a beautiful thing yeah. that and then we can at some point. I don't know, address the outcome of all this kind of stuff. But I will tell you the last time this did happen at Asbury was in 1970. And that was like the actual kickoff of like the Jesus movement. Right. So which for, which essentially spawned the mega church. Oh yeah. Yeah. The way that we experience and do church right now is because uh, like you can draw some pretty direct lines to what happened at right. Asbury the last time. Uh, also though, Look at when that happened. Like the '60s were an insane period of time. Uh-huh. Like an, especially the late '60s. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, you think when things are weird now. Yeah, I mean, 19. If if you don't know history, like American history, research the year 1968, and it was nuts. Yeah, the like fear mongering. Oh my happening. gosh! Assassinations and Russia and like like the Cold War was, was at its height. The Vietnam was still kind of gurgling yeah i mean it was is unbelievable um after like a few years of assassinations and all that kind of stuff so uh civil rights all that stuff but if, if that that revival happened in 1970 so it was almost like this response mm-hmm. to an insane period of time which like that could be what's happening right now um which is like pretty exciting yeah you know very cool yeah uh let's go directly to the source um to our college student on the scene as well we've got we've got reporters on the scene everywhere everywhere uh live from asbury's remote campus austin slade austin what can you tell us about how this is being received by your classmates uh yeah so initially i heard from it I, i heard it somebody one of the professors of a class i'm in they posted in the discussion forum I just kind of okay, kind of like you guys, like held it two hands. Okay, that that's great if it if it's one thing, but yeah. on the other thing, let's just look at it. Um, let's look at, at at it objectively. The coolest thing that I've heard from it is that these it, it's it's student led. Yeah, and it's it's mainly students rising up 
and just like they, I mean, they didn't, they didn't leave the chapel, which right. it was cool. Like there wasn't a particular like pastor or worship leader, kind of like what you were saying, Mike. Right. Um, the thing that, if I'm honest, that worries me is I know the the temptation to, okay, like I want to be a part of this. I don't want to miss out on it, and right. I have this phone. It, it's a reason that like I like truthfully like I'm I'm not really like rushing to go up there for right. it because like I am a remote student. I'm a part of Asbury Seminary, but I'm I'm a remote student, um, and I believe that the spirit is moving and stirring in a lot more places than just that room. Yeah. Even though that is like a very palpable, tangible presence of, of peace and repentance is like you hear the words, peace, yeah. repentance, uh, you hear revival, uh, awakening is another one I hear. Um, so I, I really like what you were saying about kind of the attitude Gamaliel had about the Jesus movement is yeah. okay. In one hand, this is either going to, it's going to either die out or it's going to change the world. Right. And so I'm interested to see, in retrospect, w- what this looks like, what the results look like in, let's say, five years. Yeah. When the people there graduate, right. when they go out, even if they go next door to the seminary, what are going to be the results from that? Like, how is this, is this going to spurn them to, because Al- Asbury is a, a holiness school. You hear that phrase a whole lot. So yeah. is this going to spurn people to a greater love for Christ-likeness? Or is this going to spurn people for a greater love of emotionalism and right. pouring into the, the sporadic worship moments? Yeah. Hmm. What does that mean? Holiness something or other. Holiness school? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you. Um, I I think, I mean, they just, the way I understand it is it's just a a very, you hear words like holiness and sanctification a whole lot. So, what does it mean to actually uh, not only be a Christian, but live like Christ in a 21st century environment? There's a big emphasis on uh, the discipleship groups, discipleship bands, the Wesleyan bands, Wesleyan class structure. Uh, that really dominated the first and second great awakenings that happened in mm. the 17 and 1800s. Mm. Fascinating. Um, I mean, it really is fascinating. So I guess with a couple of minutes left we have here, uh, you keep taking your ca- phone out of your case. I think it's hilarious. I'm just, I'm, well, I'm like cleaning it. I just, I didn't uh, realize how dirty. Oh, dude, it, is. dude, our pockets are gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Gross pockets. Where was I going? Oh, the uh, what do we do as a church? So sensibly, the weekday is about the things that we do here at a church, right. behind the scenes of a church. Right. And I will be the first to tell you, we haven't really talked about it a whole lot. Uh, Pastor Matthew sent in an email to all staff, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, about it. Yeah. yeah um, and, you know, we'd been as pastoral team and really as everybody here had been following it since last week. Mm-hmm. We were kind of in our, our, our pastoral text group we had been talking about it um which has been fine there's been mixed responses in that group as well all generally positive but like what do we do as a church about this do we wait and see do we say hey we want to try to schedule something some sort of prayer event here uh do we literally go like two blocks that way to the asbury i mean i'm leading i'm leading worship there tomorrow are you Mm -hmm. but that was already set in stone like interesting uh yeah um I don't know. I I think Are that Are you waiting for a chapel service? Yeah. Okay. I think that what it cuz you and I both watched like the the sermon sort of that someone preached to start it all. That sort of like kicked it off. Unintentionally, and, by right. the way. And the guy said basically 
like the love of God is the thing that transforms us, that changes us, that overflows from us into the rest of the world. It's nothing else. Mm. Like nothing else does that. Like not our good deeds, any of that kind of stuff. And I think that that is something that can ignite something like this in other people. I know for a fact that like that does it for me where when, if I can get back to the foundational elements of who I am, who I'm supposed to be, but maybe more importantly, like what it is that God says about me and how God feels about me. um, I think that that is far more transformative than we have ever given it credit for. Hmm. And I think if there's one thing that we take up from this, it's that like the, when people can understand how much God actually loves them, it can literally create a revival. And uh, when people come into contact with how much that God actually loves them, it can spur on life change that can extend to the nation and the world. I keep getting this image. Um, so my dog has been very sick. Uh, I say very sick. She's she's a doodle. Doodles have kind of sensitive stomachs. That's just kind of the price you pay. Um, and she's been throwing up for essentially six days right in a row, although she's, she was, hasn't in like 36 hours. I was going to say, she's getting ready for beach season. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so we've had to kind of feed her and all this other stuff, but the there is a thing that happens. Hello, David. Uh, there's a thing that happens when you put a dog in a crate for a long time. Um, most of the time they just sleep and they just stay dormant. But occasionally, like I can watch her, even when, when she's been sick, I've been watching her on camera a lot just to make sure she doesn't throw up in a crate. And I watch her on her thing and, and occasionally she'll get up, stand up and like circle around and like hit the side of the crate a little bit and then fall back asleep. Yeah. So I feel like maybe, hopefully, that's been us. We've been kind of like standing up and circling around the crate for a little bit for the last 30 or 40 or 60 years now. Mm-hmm. But the second you open that crate door, that dog is so happy. Which is shot. She yeah. shot out of a cannon mm-hmm. and she wants to go run around and play. Yeah. And like, I hope and I pray that this is that moment where the crate door has been opened and like the rest of us can shoot out yeah. and just in awe and wonder and love and <clears throat> all the playfulness that God's, uh, wonder and mystery and grace can cause us like i I get a longing in the pit of my stomach Mm -hmm. to like actually feel that in a culture like what would it look like for our culture to realize that part that we are that crate door is open like we don't have to live in that 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 captivity anymore like how do we talk about that as a church and where does that go as a church well and i i think it looks very very different from what maybe cultural Christianity has become and led us to believe. Yes. And that's what I mean by the crate. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like maybe in the last 20 or 30 years, yeah, we've had the crate door closed on us. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's very interesting that we are coming to an end of cultural Christianity and something like this is happening. Uh, and it hasn't happened like this at this level and this scale for 50 years now. So what does it mm-hmm. look like then? Like the next prognosticate with me because I have some ideas. I'm part, I, I really feel like I get to be part of some of these ideas right. with some of the digital stuff I get to do. Right. Where like literally I'm preaching at a digital church tonight. Yeah. That never would have, it's a digital church of about 250, 300 people yeah. that gathers on a discord 24 seven that 
meets once a week and then in the rest of the week gathers in groups to do small group stuff and then play video games together. Yeah. I feel like church has never done that. Sure. Like those type of things. So Yeah, I think maybe that's part of it. I also I think the opposite is true too, where like so that you're using basically the most cutting form of technology. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the thing that has hamstrung so many churches is this idea that we need a certain level of production hmm. to experience the presence of God. And if you look at what's happening in Kentucky, there, like I said before, there's no fancy lights. There's yeah, it's no, it's like fluorescent lights on the, like top you listen the to the music and it's not good uh, for my, you know, for, like from a, prof- essentially a professional musician's ear or whatever. Like I've been doing this a long time. Like they are, they're not great. And the speakers who get up and speak, like they're fine. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it's not necessarily a rev- – because I think that there's there's value in, like, using cutting-edge technology to connect people. But then, like, also accepting that, like, it's about the people. It's not about the technology you have. It's not about the production you're putting on. It's not about – like, it needs to be in service of your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe maybe that's something that, like – you know, and uh, the words authentic and, you know, real and all that have been thrown around for years. And while I think that that's, uh, I think that that's valuable and something to have, like I, that's always connected people. That's not a new thing, you know, like that's, but, but maybe we're like slowly stripping away the production, the sheen, you know, mm. we have, a maybe, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Mm. Um, as we finish up here, Austin, I want to go to you. What are they you're going through schooling right now as we've established and it's at Asbury. Is there anything that the schooling is teaching you about this? Is there anything they're telling you about this? Is there anything coming down from administration or you any sort of special provision or guidance or anything on this? Yeah. So there is, it's, it's interesting that this happened because they, they've been advertising a prayer night at the Orlando location uh, for, I don't know, since mid-January, beginning of January-ish. Yeah. Um, and so now it's it's like a heightened sense of, hey, like, I'd, I'd encourage each one of you to go. Um, obviously, like, the I, I just read a, a blog post from the president of the seminary this morning, and he said there's, we're not canceling university classes or seminary classes because we want to make this, we want to establish. We want to bake this sense of awakening or revival into the norms of our everyday lives. Right. Mm. Which, oh, yeah, I. That's great. Um, our professors are. I mean, I, I read a an article from a professor of he was he was. Uh, I think he's a his. He's in the histor- uh, church history department. He, I mean, he, a lot of professors are really excited. And especially at the seminary, it's interesting to see that this happened at the university. And while the seminary and the university are connected, there is also a great distance between the two. Sure. And so it's cool to see seminary professors kind of get shaken out of, Andy, to use your analogy, the, the cage, so to speak, a little bit. Absolutely. And walk across the street, literally, literally and physically across the street right. and experience this renewal in their own hearts. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's something I didn't realize that it, they were separate. 
So, mm-hmm. but that that makes sense. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that's like that's the most encouraging part for me, and in a sense, that's why I don't feel a huge burden to go up there. Right. Because I see the spirit. In, in a se- I see the spirit. If the spirit can reach across the street and pull men and women out of the ivory towers, so to speak, of the academy, why can't he he reach down from Wilmore, if you really want to use that lo- location language, and touch me and touch you and touch whoever's listening to this? Sure. Um, so I, I think I think it's something really cool, but I think it's something to seriously pray through and hold before the Lord and say yeah. like. Lord, do what you want, but also be shrewd and wise yep. as well. Yep. Cool. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion. We're uh, going to split these. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about here in the thing, but be praying for revival. Be praying for... Well, and who knows? Maybe next time we meet, there will be something totally different. Uh, let's, to... let's hope so. Yeah. That'd be pretty, pretty stinking cool. Hey, uh, for Mike and Austin, I'm Andy. Thank you so much for joining the weekday. Justin, we love you. Get better soon. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.